Hello and welcome to Where Are We Even Going, the podcast where we discuss navigating London, life and relationships as two inconsistently employed, emotionally unstable, recently graduated 20-something gals for your listening pleasure. Today we are talking about breaking up with friends. So Nina, why are we talking about breaking up with friends? It's a really difficult topic Mm. because I don't think it's really been spoken about until recently. And I I think breaking up with friends is something that you can experience at any age. Yeah, definitely. And it's really painful whenever it happens to you or whenever you're the one doing the breaking up. And uh, I think... I think it's really interesting to explore because I think there are so many reasons why you might break up with your friends. Yeah. So maybe it's distance, maybe it's that you both evolve as people and maybe you just don't get on yeah, anymore. I, I think that's a big part of it, like people changing. And I'm a big kind of proponent of people coming in and out of your life at different points for different reasons. You know, I'm not a big kind of one person forever you know, and so I think this... I think it's also quite unrealistic. I don't yeah. think it's realistic to be like, this is going to be my best friend from the age of four until 80. Exactly. I mean, great if that happens to you, but that's not and very I think common. there is a certain pressure in, like, the media and the society we live in, but that's the norm, you know, you have... I definitely felt it at school and a little bit at the start of university, you know, you find you're, like, one person and your best friends and forever and ever and ever. And it did kind of work like that, but... I also had lots of other friends who I was close to and, you know, spoke about things which I didn't speak about to the kind of I think nominated best friend, you know? You can have different relationships with different friends as well. So you mm. might have one friend that is rubbish at sort of advice, but it's really funny and is the sort of person you want to see when you want to have a good time. Wow, well, or... Nina, way to ring up me. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you know what I mean? Different friends yeah. have... Because I have friends... Different purposes. <laughs> That's my collection of friends. So I'm collecting. Yes. My friend today, I want to be happy. I will choose my happy friend. But you know what I mean? I I think that one person can't be everything. You know, I'm... And that's as unhealthy as being, you know, in a very dependent romantic relationship, being so dependent on one person for all your friendship needs. You know, it's important Mm. to have variety and mixture. Mixture. (laughs) Mixture. Got to mix it up. Mix it up, darlings. Um, yeah. You've got to, I think it's important to, I don't know, not put, basically don't put all your eggs in one basket all the time. Wow, all right, Love Island. Is that, was that what they've been saying? Wow, you're so old. (laughs) Nina doesn't watch Love Island. I don't watch Love Island. I'll I'll understand if you need to stop listening. I won't take it personally. I know it won't be against me. (laughs) Right. Well, okay. (laughs) Thanks. I, I feel like I've missed the boat on it a bit. Can, I think that's the problem. You can always... It's a good thing about the You Love literally Island. told me just now when I was like, oh, maybe I'll watch it. You were like, I think it's a bit late. Well, no, the, the good thing about the Love Island boat is that it's always there if you want to hop on it. It gets but smaller then no one's going to be talking about oh, it. I'm just going to be there. You'll know and deep down you'll be happy. I'm still thinking about Marcel. Was Marcel on last year's? Or that year was before? two years ago. Yeah, that, there was a guy called Marcel on that once. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> you just mansplained season two of Love Island to me. <laughs> I know there was someone called Marcel on it. But I think Love Island, actually, I mean, you understand this illusion. Maybe you will. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just go for it. Just go for it. Um, on there, it kind of not only navigates, like, romantic relationships, but, like, personal ones. And you can really see how each are equally important and the ways of breaking up with 
friends and kind of distancing yourself from like potentially toxic people or people you don't think support you in a certain way mm. I think Love Island especially this series um has been really kind of key and interesting in highlighting that how it can not only be the kind of romantic connections in your life which can be kind of toxic and not good but kind of does detail you know the importance of you know distancing yourselves and that works quite well for me going into my yes experience of being broken up with oh as a friend who as would friend. dream of that Nina? i don't know i think i'm pretty wonderful what can i say <laughs> um, when i i had a they they weren't actually mean to me to be fair their mum was mean about me oh oh that's oh i know i know that's not great mm. so i had a friend in primary school oh going back throw back we are throwing back don't want to keep make it too recent you know don't yeah. want anything that's a bit bit fresh <laughs> bring up a friend from last week well last week <laughs> this girl said this about me and i hate her <laughs> no that i had a friend from primary school who i was like we were best friends really we were really good friends mm. and when we went to secondary school i really wanted to stay friends and we hung out loads over the summer between primary school and secondary school yeah when we started in secondary school we still saw each other quite a lot i used mm. to go around her house all the time stay over and things i uh think i fell into the classic thing when you start second i went to an all-girls secondary school and girls were quite bitchy yeah and i think in order to fit in mm. you have you didn't have to that's not you didn't have to but i felt was like a I, I felt like you. i had to yeah basically be a bitch or even if I didn't bitch about people listen to other people bitching about people sure and, and schools are very tricky terrain to yeah and I, I don't think through. I navigated it well because I was 12 and uh I made quite a lot <laughs> who of navigates anything well at the age of exactly 12. you know I, I think right? I just I just really wanted tough friends and so yeah. maybe said things or went along with things that I shouldn't have gone along with yeah um I don't actually remember being... I was really nice to this friend, though, and I don't remember even being sort of bitchy around her or anything. Yeah. I remember sort of asking after her friends and things, but not in a, what are your friends doing? Like, in a sort of like, yeah. oh, how's, you know, everyone... Because you sure. went to different schools. And then I heard when I was 16... Oh, yes. ...from my dad that her mum had said to one of the other mums that I was a massive bitch and to, like, <gasps> stay away from me. Oh, that's awful. Yeah, and I was so upset, age 16, because this is this had obviously happened, like, three years before or yeah. something. And our friendship had kind of just massively drif drifted. Like, her sisters used to talk to me on Facebook and things, and then they just deleted me as a friend on Facebook. That's and I was like, crazy. I don't understand what I did. Yeah. Particularly not to them, but clearly I did something. But yeah, yeah, their mum basically bad mouthed me to other mums. Yeah, which which is quite low about yeah. a twelve year old, and yeah, so we we kind of broke up as friends because I didn't really see her anymore, um, <laughs> and I didn't really. I mean, it wasn't like we saw each other all the time. I mean, it, it drifted, but yeah. I definitely think that there wasn't as much effort made because yeah. her mum clearly had had an issue with me. Mm. But you know, now she's. A very different person to me for sure and i um, think it would have drifted anyway but i think it really hurt knowing <clears throat> that i mean i don't really think i want someone's mum to break up with me yes. you know what i mean it's like the mum broke there's, up with yeah, me yeah there's layers to that and i think that kind of ties quite eloquently because there is that kind of you know occasionally i'm sure we've all had them normally in school but quite dramatic like argument in the mm -hmm. playground potentially fist fight if you're from a midlands like me like you know <laughs> something all blows out i remember someone one time, did punch someone at my primary school 
This is always in secondary. Sorry. There was the bi weekly slap at the bottom of the downstairs. Oh <laughs> um, my gosh. There goes. No. Um, but, you know, so there is that kind of dramatic, I never want to see you again. But then also, I think it's the potentially more natural is that, that kind of drift, um, which can equally be as upsetting. And I think we've both experienced this in kind of contem- contemporary friendships, you know. Um, regardless of whether they've actually kind of broken up or we've come closer and that like your life and your circumstance and your context change yeah you know like my sixth form friend group it was relatively large but you know there were some who I was really close with and then it just kind of drifted you yeah. know no fault of anyone really you know I'm sure very, on reflection there were things we all could have done to like pursue those friendships further but you know I moved to New Zealand they virtually diversity that everything kind of drifted in different ways and I think that's kind of the more common way which can be really upsetting I think yeah especially for maybe people that feel a bit left behind yes definitely. I think that's who it hurts the most if you feel like these are your core group of friends and they seem to move on with their lives and And you're left behind yeah and if a lot of weight again like we're saying before having lots of friends important like having lots of friends important not in that sense but spreading your friend emotional capital I guess yeah. you know you don't want to be too reliant exactly on having you know I have these three friends boom you know because pe- people change and context change priorities and really change. I think as well like people getting boyfriends I've noticed as perpetual single friend 101 over here is this meant to be a dig at me no <laughs> it's not very subtle <laughs> no not at all no no no, no, no. It's, it's really hard to navigate though isn't it yeah because then it you know it's definitely because then their priorities change and if you're really close initially then their priority is redirected and it's not breaking up in the sense that oh my god you broke my heart because you've said you don't want to see you anymore it's not necessarily that but their emotional investment is altered they only have x amount of time and love to give and people can only give it in certain contexts and in certain ways i feel like i've definitely made made mistakes Mm. on that one i think we all all, we all make i mean i definitely know i've made mistakes on that one but i think we've all made mistakes on that one um boyfriends i think at this age is one of the biggest ones actually yeah like partners yeah yeah, partners coming to the picture and partners that you know might slash probably will be around for you know a yeah. while yeah it do, it or change. even not well i guess it does I, change i don't know many people who go into relationships i have i do know one friend actually. you don't know anyone that has no, no, no. <laughs> i know of a couple of people who have like sell-by dates on their relationship sorry what so my friend um was going to, oh yeah yeah my boyfriend but we're going to break up in two months. And I just found that such an interesting concept, such a different way of viewing relationships. She was like, yeah, yeah, when I go away, we'll just break up. I mean, I guess if she was going away, I guess it more. But then, I don't know, I just found that such But I do know people that like, are like, yeah, it's fine for like the next month. Yeah. Sort of thing, interesting. But not wrong, because everyone can do what they want. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. It's just, it's just not... It's just so, I just, I just thought I was... It's so interesting, like, a way of approaching a relationship, just being like, oh, yeah, we're going to break up in two months. It's like, oh, my God. I don't I guess, again, me, having really not depends. had a boyfriend since I was 17, like, you know. Also, I think it depends how, I don't know, because I think relationships are so different for everyone and how they yes. deal with relationships. I mean, mm. I've really only been in one long-term relationship. Yeah. And I don't really know how we're still together. I just, it's just luck, really. Yeah. But I've never been the kind of person that's, 
dated lots of people mm. or had lots of boyfriends. But then, and so I think mm. I, I just have no experience of that. So I'm just, I'm kind of just interested by people that talk about that. And yeah. so casually like, oh yeah, I mean, we probably won't stay together for very long or something. Because yeah. I've just never experienced that. It's more the it's such, lack of experience than anything else. And then I think that type, like draws quite, you know, neatly because there's different ways of approaching all kinds of relationships, you know, romantic, platonic. Those are the only two categories I have there. But <laughs> so romantic and platonic. So romantic and platonic. I'm sure there are others. Someone will correct me. Um, yeah, you've offended me. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> there's so many, you know, different people approach things in different ways. And I just, you know, talking about it, I feel, was the only way to solve it, you know. And that's why I think as well, this friend's relationship was so, like, impressive to me. Was it... They'd communicated so well that they were both like, yeah, in two months we'll yeah. be done. Which was just, I was just like, I think that's so, so great. Yeah, so cool having, you know, spent my time nurturing people in friendship and relationships where they just don't talk, you know, or like the communication yeah, they, with their partner isn't there. And, they don't and even with friendships, I feel like most of the time arguments come from, or disagreements come from not talking or not, not communicating what the other as well. person's thinking. Exactly, not communicating. You know maybe that they're mad at you and then yeah. you get mad, but you don't know why either of you are mad or you're just mad at each other because yeah to quote me in every job interview I've ever had communication is key oh my God. <laughs> so what are your key skills communication <laughs> not even that really if I'm you awful. want evidence of this look at my podcast <laughs> I can talk at a recording device I think however like hard it can be as well though I think it is an important part of growing up you know people coming in in your life at different times and I think it can be quite hard to yeah. know people like they're never nice conversations to have I don't think you know discussing with friends like oh we're not as close as we used to be or it's actually the oh, worst I don't it's, see you awful. Anymore. it's awful yeah and I don't think if someone's like got half an ounce of decency in them they'd never intentionally you know be horrible about it no if they are not I someone think... you want in your life but <laughs> I think a lot of people, if it goes badly, it's not because they're like, oh, I'm a horrible person, I'm going to be mm. horrible to this person. It's because they're awkward and they don't know how to handle it. Exactly. I it's... actually have an example of me doing that. Oh, yeah? Yeah. When I was about 15. Oh, yeah. I was, I think, I handled a friendship breakup really badly. Mm. So it was a girl I'd been friends with at school from about year eight. Yeah. And it was year 10. And we just kind of drifted apart gradually. Mm. Um and it was kind of that thing where it was drifting, but because she kept clinging on, it started to really annoy me. Mm. And I was getting annoyed at her for basically nothing because I think out of awkwardness, basically, because I knew, like, I don't really want to be in this friendship anymore. And I, I couldn't say it. Mm. You know, I couldn't say it. And I remember there were a couple of occasions where she, like, really annoyed me because I was like, how how is it not clear yeah. That I don't really want to be good friends anymore. And that's, and that's but I didn't a, want to say it. Yeah, I didn't want to say it. Such a horrible thing to actually say, but so much better in the long run to be like, look, we're yeah. not as close as we were. And you... we just hadn't, we just didn't have anything in common anymore. Yeah. And yeah. I definitely could have handled it better. I think one particular example mm. of how I handled it really badly was in PE and the classic, like, oh, get into groups. Yeah. Oh, this is actually awful. This is a, this is a learning experience for anyone listening. Don't do this. <laughs> Um, she tried to join my group and she all the PE lessons all our listeners just, will just, be attending <laughs> yeah true but you know what I mean just just yeah. don't be mean and <laughs> live tip from Nina so we were told by the PE teachers to get into groups of four or something yeah and by this point you know this friendship had really 
it's it died you know the friendship really had died yeah and i'd made friends with this new group of people mm. who didn't particularly get on with her not yeah. they didn't like her just that they had nothing in common in the same way that i didn't really anymore yeah and she tried to join this group i think basically because she didn't have any other groups to go with yeah and i think because it had been so frustrating for me because i basically handled it really badly and she was kind of clinging on and clinging on and i was just like no no essentially yeah i remember saying to her and this is awful i remember saying to her why do you assume you were in my group Oh, which is so mean yeah. and you know those things that you say and I instantly was like I'm a horrible person but I think we've all um, maybe maybe I'm just a horrible person but I think we've all done things that yeah. are really not very nice like that and I if she's listening which she won't be but if she was I'm genuinely so sorry like I feel really bad about that it's like a repentance podcast I know Rebrand. but I genuinely feel so sorry about it I've actually mm. considered messaging her and being like yeah I'm really sorry I mean she might have moved on I think she I think she has no but it's more yeah, I'm sure she has she probably doesn't give a toss it's yeah. more that I feel bad about it because yeah. reflecting back it's something that sure. I did that I'm really really not proud of yeah no definitely but those are all, you know, the experience and then from that, you know, again, takeaway, comms is key. Yeah, this <laughs> would never have happened if I just said to her, we're not really like, that close. We're not really that close. I really valued, you know, the time we had as friends, yeah. but it just doesn't really work anymore. That, But I didn't yeah. do that. Instead, I was just really mean to her. I mean, that does sound a bit too profound for a 15-year-old to say. Yeah, it does. Even 15-year-old Of course, as a 15-year-old, I wasn't profound at all. I was just, I was a mess. Nothing's changed, <laughs> Nothing's really, changed. but I was... You can ask anyone that knew me when I was 15. I was quite a, like, yeah, emotional spitfire sort of thing. But so I think the important takeaway from that is, you know, people change and evolve as they grow up and you get better at handling these situations as you get older. And it's always... It's always a drift. It's, you know, it's never a cement change unless someone does one horrible thing, which I don't think recently neither of us luckily I've, have experienced I think that's with. much less common. Yeah. Or maybe someone does I mean, a lot maybe of things not, that are smaller yeah. and, and mean. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's that common yeah. that there's one thing. It's usually lots of little things or a drift yeah. that kind of gradually Which, I mean, I guess they both kind of tie into each other, you know, drifting and little bit so never in his arguments and disagreements but i think as we do grow up <laughs> become semi-functioning adults speaking on behalf of everyone else not myself um you get better at navigating these situations yeah and hopefully don't have to use the term like breaking up with friends it's just a drift and you know maybe yeah in 20 i don't years, think yeah breaking up does sound quite negative and actually yeah, I think and quite abrupt and it can be a positive all-encompassing well, yes perhaps... definitely that friend was a toxic friend or perhaps they weren't and it's just mm. and you were the toxic friend like, yeah, yeah I mean I don't think that's something we should gloss over I think that's definitely you know you're good for some people you're not good for some people it mm. works both ways um, and it's important I think to be aware of your own self in any and I think friends hold a really significant part in your life at certain times of your life and maybe that time for that friend yeah definitely. they don't they don't fit in the same way so you have friends from home you go to uni and maybe you become a very different person because you're always, you're constantly evolving. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, 
Okay, I think it's now time for favourite consumptions and public malfunctions. This is my favourite bit. <laughs> I just think the title. Good I work, just like guys. how it rhymes. It's great. Nina, tell us about your favourite consumption of the week. So this last week, I've been reading British by Efwa Hirsch. Oh, how cultured. <laughs> I, don't, I don't. Did you I, just roll your eyes at me? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um, so she's a Guardian columnist editor. She's worked as the correspondent for West Africa. What a cool lady! She is half Ghanaian, half British, mm. um, with German Jewish ancestry on her father's side. But basically, she wrote this book called British, which is really eye-opening I think about she's so she is exploring her identity but also identities of what Britishness is in current society but particularly through the perspective obviously of race yeah so obviously I'm I'm a white woman so I found it interesting there's a new perspective yeah because obviously a lot of the issues that are raised in the book are not things that I have experienced. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know where I identify from, but I'm just white and from Surrey. But because I guess that identity has never really been questioned, it's never been that important to me, where she's talking about how identity is so important to people. For sure. Who have their identity threatened or yeah. who don't really understand what their identity is and are trying yeah. to explore it. And Definitely. she's particularly talking about the rise of the EDL and mm. Islamophobia in Britain and how who we're prejudiced against is always, is ever changing, yeah. essentially. And it's just a really interesting analysis sort of of who who are we calling British? Like, what does British even mean? Yeah. Also looking at Brexit and talking about how Everyone's fave. <laughs> I think this is this is not saying my stance, but two thirds <laughs> of people apparently that said they were British when surveyed mm. in this poll voted remain, whereas two thirds of people who said they were English, that's interesting. They they voted Ooh. leave, and it's the kind of idea of like these identities of what is the difference between English and British? Yeah. I would say I'm British. I wouldn't say I'm English, mm. even though yeah. the majority of my ancestry is just English. Yeah. I would say I'm British and the kind of idea, I think what she's raising in this book is that British is more inclusive because a lot of people will say, oh, I'm black British. I'm. But even having to say that is ridiculous, it? is because it it, it adds a boundary. It's like like being like. Or being like, where are you really from? She's talking about that and she's saying both of my parents are are British and I am British Mm. and people are still, they look at me and they say, where are you from? Yeah. Hashtag racism. Well, that sounds like a thrilling consumption. <laughs> it, I mean, it was really interesting. Yeah, no, it sounds it. And I think it felt like a really long essay on race rather than a yeah than a book because it was so well referenced. Mm. Also, I liked at the end she had um, a couple of pages of songs that were really influential for her exploring her sort of Ghanaian roots and her black British roots. When she went to a majority, basically all white school in Wimbledon, yeah, and these that was the sort of music that really influenced her, and I thought that that was really interesting. And I was thinking about music that probably 
so she was born in the 1980s, what music would influence young black British people today? Yeah. Or young B-A-M-E people from different groups and what sort of things they say are key to their identity in navigating this yeah. world where our, our culture is quite hostile. Yeah, no, definitely. To minority groups. Mm. So, Izzy, what was your favourite consumption of this week? Please be lighter than well, me. Yeah, it is. Mine's also a book. It's a bit... It was Conversations with Friends by Sal- Sally? Was it yeah, Sally? Yeah, Sally. Sally Rooney. I'm a bit late to the party. I you know are. some people don't like it, but I just... Ah, oh, I thought it was beautiful. I read it in like a day. I went home, see my parents and my bro, and I sat in my bed and I read it and it was just lovely. I've got Irish family. Um, so I was like, oh my God, it's me. I've also just finished an English degree. <laughs> there are a lot of like comments. I haven't had an affair with an older man. Um, are you sure? <laughs> Maybe that's what's coming next. Oh my God, don't. Um, updates. Up- updates, yeah. Next week, guys, favourite consumption. <laughs> No, no, next no. week for favourite consumption, older men. Stop. <laughs> oh dear. Um, I just thought it was beautiful. Um, no, I really enjoyed it. I liked it more than normal people. I have normal people is in her book, not as in the general public. Should yes. be clarified. <laughs> Nina, tell me about your public malfunction. So my public malfunction is that on Saturday I was going to a party, so I put on my dungaree. I know you've your social life. <laughs> I know I have like one friend. <laughs> That's not you. That's not me. Yeah, well. Um, but I went to this party and I was like, oh, I haven't worn my dungarees in ages. So I'm going to wear those. Mm. This is uh, kind of a long-winded story. Basically, my dryer doesn't work properly. So you have to put things in like three times before they actually dry. Wow, that's so interesting. It is actually. And it's very key to the story because it, sh- it shrinks your clothes. Uh, so they don't dry properly, but then they I also see. shrink. So I put on these dungarees. And I think I have put on a bit of weight recently, but not, you know, this much weight. And they were very tight, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to do some squats in these. And I did this very <laughs> what? What? intense hero <laughs> to stretch them out. Thought process? To stretch them out. So I did a couple of squats, and then yeah. it ripped from my buttocks down to my knee. Wow. Like, not just like a little rip, not just like a line, like full on, just, just, full on. just a huge gaping R.I.P. Yeah, they're done. They're in, they're in the bin in my kitchen currently. Oh, that's really sad. Where? So that was my public malfunction, and I got um, my boyfriend to take a picture <laughs> of the hole so that I could document the moment. What a lucky guy! I you you could see my bottom. You could. Wow. I know. It's a shame we all weren't there. <laughs> Are you disappointed? Just missed out, really. Uh, so, what was your public malfunction of the last week? Less less. Well, I was going to say public. I mean, less public in that I didn't show any on my ass. Um, <laughs> it's only two people. Only two people. Um, so my laptop screen broke because everything in my life is breaking. Um, and I had to, before it gets fixed, I've just got a monitor to plug into it because also it's a big screen and I can watch TV on it and whatever. That's quite cool. Too. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, I'll use Gumtree. I'd never used Gumtree before. Um, because they're all really expensive first hand, and I was like, I'll do my bit for the polar bears. I'll recycle, reuse, whatever. So realistically, it wasn't about the environment, it was about your money. Well, it was a bit of both. I'm yeah, not going to yeah, lie. Yeah. But, yeah. Good on you. <laughs> also saving 70 quid. So I found this one, like, about a 30-minute journey away. Um, 
and I was like, oh, I wish I'd go home. So I dragged my flatmate with me and we had our adventure to East London via the DLR. It was like, it was a That's full, wild. it was a full experience. We had to get a proper train. Um, and when we got there and it was at this house, it was in this like block of flats house thing. And we were emailing and it felt strangely intimate, like a Tinder date. Cause it was like, He's like, I'm here. Are you here? He's like, I'm here. You're not here. And then we were both just doing laps of this house. That's but because so we were both moving, we kept missing each other. And I was like, I'm with a friend. We're both wearing black and white stripy trousers. And he was like, he was like, I'm the man with monitor. <laughs> well, that like, makes sense, doesn't it? I'm the like, man with exactly. monitor. And then at one point, like, my flatmate Anna, she like turned around and was like, There he is! This is like man just carrying like the TV. Oh, <laughs> and no. he was like, There you go. And I gave him 20 quid. And That's yeah, pretty good. 20 quid. 20 quid. Um, yeah, but it was, just, it was just like walking around this like bizarre flat block of flats in East London. Just like round and round, like emailing this man, like, Hello, yes, I'm here. I cannot see you. It sounds like something. Still cannot some see sort you. of edgy TV, TV show. Well, that's how I live my life. Anyways. I know, it clearly is. Yep. to our final section our which final is section. small wins for the week ahead nina would you like to tell us all about your small win for the week ahead i i actually would love to thank you izzy mm. so my small win for the week ahead is this evening i'm seeing present laughter with andrew scott i am so jealous at I'm the old vet even gonna begin to talk about how jealous i am yeah i'm 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 like a, i haven't quite processed that i'm gonna see him in the flesh Oh, well, I did see him it. I'm like an OG Andrew Scott fan. I liked him pre-Sherlock when he was in that Beatles biopic about John Lennon on BBC with Christopher Eccleston where he played Paul McCartney. I just, OG, original Andrew Scott fan. He's amazing. I love him. I am not an OG Andrew Scott fan. I did first see him in Sherlock. Wow. However. Get with it. I'm, <laughs> yes. I can't go back to my past self and be like, you know this guy? Well, you should. You need to be watching him. <laughs> But, yeah, I'm really excited to see him. Yeah. I've seen Present Laughter either, so I'm quite no, excited to see actually. that. Less excited about that. <laughs> More excited about Andy. I mean, I think he's an incredible Andy actor, S. so I'm quite yeah. excited. Not just to see him, but also just to see him act. Do his job. Yeah, but also in... I think there is in something really special about... <laughs> <laughs> I think there's something really special about live performance. Ooh, this is a bit profound. Yeah, can you fuck off? You start it. I'm quite excited to see some him in something live rather than most recently as the priest in Fleabag. Mm-hmm. So what's your small win for the week ahead? My small win is quite small. Basically, my little brother's just finished his GCSEs. Well done, Louis. Everyone give a round of applause. Well done, Lou. If I clap too loudly, then the phone's going to shake. Oh, that's true. That's, that's also his applause. Well done, Lulu. Um, so he's just coming down to London. I've got him tickets to see Phantom. Oh, that's so nice. We're going to go swimming in Hampstead Ponds. I've got a lovely little kind of two-day itinerary planned. Yes. So I just want to make sure he has a good time. So I'm very proud of him. He's my little baby. Um, So I think you should clarify that he's your brother. Yeah, yeah, he's not actually my child. I didn't give birth to him He's just like a a lot younger than you. In my head, he's he's always five. But in reality, he's actually 16. That's quite a big difference. Yeah. I feel the same, though, with my sister. Yeah. But yes. That's really exciting. I've never been to Hampstead Ponds. 
I love it. It's so much fun. You do feel a little bit pondy pollution-y, but there's nothing... I mean, there are things I love more, but it's honestly one of my favourite things in the world to do is swim in, like, open water, like, lake swimming in the mountains and, like, in the sea, in rivers. Yeah, all right. We know you had a gap year, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. But no, it sounds it sounds amazing. I do this summer that is on my list of summer things to do is go swimming it. in the ladies' pond. Yes, I mean the mixed one's not that too. Is bad. there a mixed one? There's a mixed one. That's why I I'm didn't taking realise you. that there was a mixed one. Well, I was yeah, going to say otherwise you're swimming separately. <laughs> yes. Okay, Louis, I'm going this way. You go that way. Dear. Is it, does it cost money? Um, I think it's like fifty p donation. Oh, it's that's, not much. Oh, that's that's all right. It's very relaxed. That. Yeah. That sounds lovely. Yeah, would recommend. But yes, so I think that's all for today. Yeah, so we're going to is... chatter about and that are away with. Just, I think we basically just had a sort of conversation about our thoughts about this, really. Yeah, I mean, that's all That's, all that's podcasts what podcasts are. are. It's just talking to each it's other and then yeah. other people sort of eavesdropping. Well, thank Willingly. you. Willingly. <laughs> thank you for giving us the Urban Dictionary definition of a podcast, you know. <laughs> Oversharing <laughs> with people who don't care. With people who you don't know. Fabulous. All right, well... We'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much. We'll see you for our next episode, which will be up next week. Woo-woo! Bye!